بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد صلی اللہ رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ جنائٹ از دا فورٹینتھ آف اکٹوبر ان دا ایئر We're beginning the second week, the eighth night that we're going through the illustrious and dear life of our beloved mother, Sayyida Khadija bint Khuwailid radiyallahu. And I mentioned yesterday how many children she was blessed with, either nine for certain or eleven. So with regards to her grandchildren, This is also worth mentioning. So famously from Fatima, her daughter, she had six grandchildren. Hassan, Hussein, Muhsin, Zainab, Ruqayya, and Umkultum. So these were the famous grandchildren. And what's strange with me when I say that, you're thinking normally of the Prophet Obviously, these were the grandchildren of Khadija as well. She was also blessed with another three grandchildren. So who were these three other blessed grandchildren? So like I mentioned, her eldest daughter, Zainab, she married her cousin, Abu Al-As. So, just to explain again. So, Khadija, her sister was Hala. So, Khadija's daughter was Zainab. Hala's son was Abu Al-As. So, like we say in the Indian subcontinent, Masi Niputr, maternal aunts. So, they were first cousins, they got married. So, Zainab married Abu Al-As. From that marriage, They were blessed with two, two children, a son and a daughter. So these, this son and daughter were also the grandchildren of Khatija radiallahu. The eldest was Ali, Ali ibn Abu al-As radiallahu. So he, not much is known about this blessed soul, but he was the eldest. And then they had a daughter called Umama, Umama radiallahu. So Umama, we know, you know quite a few things about. The first is Rasulullah, a very famous hadith, sallam, when he was offering salat, he had her on his shoulders. You, you hear the report, because Umama was on his shoulders. And the people then start thinking, who's Umama? And the response is, that's his granddaughter. So they straight away think of Fatima, because it's not her daughter, it's Zainab's daughter. He had a great love and affection for Umama radiyallahu. Once he was presented with, a, I think, a gold necklace or a gold chain. And he said, I will give this to the most beloved person to me. So the hadith in Imam Ahmad's Muslim mentions that the people thought he's going to give it to Aisha. But then he gave it to Umama, his granddaughter, showing his love for Umama. Fatima, Rasulullah's daughter, who was married to Ali, When she was very ill, she actually told Ali, when I pass away, you must marry Umama. So it was her wish that her niece, 
Umama should marry Ali. So Ali later married Umama. So this was a, a unique honor for Ali. Why? Because he not only married the daughter of Rasulullah, he then married the granddaughter of Rasulullah as well. So these were two of the other grandchildren of Khadija. There was one more. And that was from Ruqayya. Ruqayya married Sayyidina Uthman. Uthman and Ruqayya radiyallahu migrated to Abyssinia due to the persecutions. When they were in Abyssinia, they were blessed with a son whom they called Abdullah. So Abdullah radiyallahu was Khadija's grandson. Abdullah radiyallahu lived till the age of six and then as fate would have it, he was pecked by a cockroach between the eyes. And then he caused an infection and this later led to his passing. So Abdullah was also, he died young. Now the lineage of Rasulullah and Khadija go through Hassan and Hussein. His, his, his lineage continues through them. So it's important to highlight the grandchildren. So in numbers, what are you talking? You're talking six from Fatima. And one from uh, Ruqayya, that's seven, and two from Zainab, that's nine. So they were blessed with nine grandchildren. So what's interesting, she certainly had nine children, sons or daughters, some say eleven, and she had nine grandchildren. So I wanted to mention this here, why? Because it's good to know the family of the Prophet So another question people pose. Did Sayyidah Khatija have any other children from her previous husbands? So we mentioned she had three from her previous husbands. Hind, Hala and Hinda. But were there others? Some of the blessed scholars have mentioned that Sayyidah Khatija also had two other sons from her first husband Abu Hala but they died in infancy. So why do they say that? They gauge this from the following report. So the hadith is in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, Mishkat in the chapter on Qadr. Sayyidina Ali radiyallahu he said, Khatija radiyallahu once asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa about two children of hers who died during the Jahiliyyah, whose names were Hind and Harif. So stopping the quote. So this proves that there was two other children, Hind and Harith. And she asked the Prophet about these two children who died in Jahiliyyah. Rasulullah responded, Huma finnar. They are in the fire. Then when he saw her look of disapproval, he said, Law ra'iti makanahuma la abagattihima. If you saw their station, you would also now hate them. She thereupon asked, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what about the son that I had from you? Ayy Qasim, who also passed away, radiyallahu He, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, Fil Jannah, he is in paradise. Rasulullah then clarified, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Innal mu'mineena wa awladuhum fil Jannah. Verily the believers and their children are in paradise. And verily the polytheists and their children 
are in the fire. He then recited the following verse, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In Surah At-Tur, Surah 52, verse 21. A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim. وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ Those who believe and whose offspring follow them. So this is the report. So looking at it briefly. So apparently, Khatija's two sons, or children of hers, who died in Jahiliyyah, the Prophet apparently said that they are in the fire. So she was grieved over this. But then the Prophet said that the son you had from me, he is in paradise. And then he explained, the believers and their children are in paradise, and the polytheists and their children are in hell, and he recited the verse. So, is this the understanding? The answer is, this would have been the understanding. But the hadith is da'if. It is weak. So even though it's recorded in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad, and also in Mishkat, the hadith is da'if. Therefore, we cannot take a ruling from it. So why have I mentioned this here? So even though the hadith is weak, it mentions two other children. So there is a possibility that she could have had two other children from her previous husband. So now with regards to the issue of children, it is certainly worth mentioning that Abdullah ibn Abbas said about the same verse. So think about this. In the Da'if hadith, what did the Prophet recite to prove what he was saying? He recited Surah 52 verse 21. Those who believe and whose children follow them. But Ibn Abbas said about the same verse, and this is fascinating, what did he say? Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will elevate the ranks of the believers' children to the ranks of their parents, even though the latter has not performed as well as the former, so that the eyes of the parents are comforted. He then recited this verse, Surah 52 verse 21. بِإِيمَانٍ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَمَا أَلَتْنَاهُمْ مِنْ عَمَلِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ Those who believe and whose children follow them in Iman, to them shall we join their offspring, nor shall we deprive them of aught of their works. This is recorded in Hakim in his Mustadrak Sahih, Behaki, Bazar, Abu Naim, Tafsir Mazhari, Ruh al-Ma'ani, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Jarir, Ibn Kathir in their respective tafsids. So simply put, the great Abdullah Ibn Abbas, Tarjimanul Quran, he said that if children of the believers die and they are not at the ranks of their parents, so let's say hypothetically, their parents are in Firdos and they just managed to scrape into paradise. Because their parents are in Firdos, Allah will elevate the children to be with their parents. And Ibn Abbas said, this is the meaning of this verse. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Those who believe and whose children follow them in Iman, to them shall we join their offspring, nor shall we deprive them of out of their works. Meaning Allah will not reduce the rank of the parents. So there's a middle place they meet. That's His grace. He raises them to be with their parents. So now, how is that linked to the Prophet? The Prophet obviously is in the highest grade of fatherness. So all his children will be with him, despite us leaving aside their own excellences. 
Thus the holy verse seems to be directed only to the deceased children of the believers. This is what's the key point. Previous hadith Da'if says, the children, believers' children will be in paradise. This verse and the commentary apparently indicates that it's referring to the believers' children. In addition, not as a tafsir of this verse, this also seems to be a two-way process. What do I mean? So the hadith says that the children are elevated to their parents' high rank. So a question goes to the mind. What if the children are in paradise? Do the parents also join them? And apparently the answer is yes. Why? In Tabarani, Anwarul Bayan, volume 9, page 45, Ma'ariful Quran, volume 8, page 193 of the English translation. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when a person enters paradise, he will ask about the whereabouts of his parents, wife and children. When he is informed that they were unable to reach his rank, I would have passed. He will make a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will command that they also be elevated to his rank. Subhanallah. So what does this hadith indicate? It indicates the opposite is true. If the children are in the highest grades and Allah ta'ala will raise the parents to be with them. So note now what's the message from these reports. Get married. <laughs> Have children. Why? Because if you just scrape into paradise, but just one of your children is rock solid and they're higher up, you will join them. Not because of any effort on your part, apart from the fact that you've had children. So this is another lesson. Now, if you're not married, you're not entitled to any of this. Think about that. How, how much of a loss is that? You have to rely upon yourself. Which obviously you should do anyway. But this is something you can deduce from between the lines. It is also interesting to point out that if a child is destined to be an unbeliever, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala graciously, if he wills good and ease for the believing parents, take his or her life in childhood to save the believing parents from mischief. So think about that. You're blessed with children. The parents are solid. But that child is decreed or he is decreed, uh, destined to become a kafir. So Allah Ta'ala in his kindness intervenes and he takes away that child. So where's the proof? In Sayyid Muslim, number 2661, Abu Dawood, number 4705, Tirmadi, number 3161, Hassan Sayyid Gharib, Ahmad in his Muslim, number 21181, Mishkat. Sayyidina Ubay ibn Qa'ab radiyallahu He relates that our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa The boy Khidr alayhi salatu wa salam killed was destined to be an unbeliever from the day he was created. The child or the boy Al-Khidr alayhi salatu wa salam killed was destined to be an unbeliever from the day he was created. And similarly our beloved messenger said sallallahu alayhi wa had he survived, he would have involved his parents in Tughiyana and Kufr. Had he, i.e. the son, survived, he would have involved his parents in Tughiyana and Kufr. This is in Sayyid Muslim, number 2661. So what do these terms mean? Tughiyana. Tughiyana means rebellion 
obstinate rebellion. Kufr, of course, means unbelief. Meaning that that unbelieving child would have affected their parents if he had lived. As the Holy Prophet Khidr والسلام, later explained to the Holy Prophet Musa in the Quran, والسلام, in Surah Al-Kahf, Surah 18, verse 8. وَأَمَّا الْغُلَامُ فَكَانَ أَبْوَاهُمْ مُؤْمِنَيْنِ فَخَشِيْنَا أَنْ يُرْحِقَهُمَا تُغْيَانُ وَكُفَرًا As for the youngster, his parents were people of Iman and we feared that he would grieve them by obstinate rebellion and unbelief. Look how beautiful. That is in the Quran. Khidr alayhi salatu wasalam he told Musa والسلام, why he had killed the child. Because if the youngster had lived, he would have given grief to his parents with Tughiyanu wa Kufra. The same words the Prophet said. So this was mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Almighty and Glorious then says in Surah Al-Kahf, Surah 18 verse 81. فَأَرَدَنَا أَنْ يُبْدِلَهُمَا رَبُّهُمَا Thus we desired that their Lord should give them in exchange better in purity and closer in love. So what did Khidr say? That Allah Ta'ala mentions, we desired that Allah Ta'ala gives the parents in exchange for the one who has been killed Somebody better in purity of conduct and closer in affection, meaning he hasn't lost. The child was to protect, the death of the child was to protect the parents. But now Allah wants to give them something better. But who was the one better? The Quran doesn't give you details. You turn to a hadith. Ibn Atiyah, he said, Allah the Almighty blessed the parents of the slain boy with a girl. Who became the mother of a prophet. <laughs> Subhanallah. This is in Nasai, Ibn Abi Shayba in his Al-Musannaf, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Al-Mundir, Fatul Bari, volume 8, page 421, and Warul Bayan, Ma'riful Quran, volume 5, page 640 of the English translation. So let's look at this. So all Musa saw was that Khidr killed a child. So what does he say? He goes, you've killed somebody innocent. So then later... Khidr explained, if he, he was destined to be a kafir, by taking his life now, we've saved his parents. But they have not lost out in the least because Allah is going to bless them according to the report with a daughter. But that daughter will become the mother of a prophet. So who was that prophet? In Ibn Abi Hatim, it mentions that the holy prophet Shamun was born to her. His name is Samuel in English. Samuel, who came after Musa, the one who appointed Saul as the king of the Bani Israel. Referred to Surah Al Baqarah, Surah 2, verse 246 to 8. So again, you need to turn to another part of the Quran. Allah mentions, When Saul marched out with his army, in the army of Saul was Dawud. But who appointed that, that man's soul to be the king? It was Samuel, Shamun. Where did he come from? He was 
the grandson of the parents whose son Allah Ta'ala had taken. It was their daughter's son. So when the son was taken, it was honor for them. Allah Ta'ala was protecting them from the mischief of their unbelieving son and to bless them with the daughter who's going to become the father uh, the mother of a prophet. Now this is very important to understand. Why? Because it partially explains why Allah Ta'ala takes away the believing children. You know, people, they start, you know, shaitan starts putting whispers and doubts into people's hearts. Is why did he kill an innocent child? You know, a child dies, let's say he has an accident. Right? Or he dies, you know, from a, from a, a fatal illness. And the people, the atheists love this. They go, look, there's no God. If there was God, why are innocent children dying? Surely he would intervene. Because you don't see the bigger picture. If you study the Quran, you think, look, we're not saying that that child will become a kafir. But that might have been a possibility. So Allah has taken him out to protect the parents from tughyan over kufra. And inshallah, if they're patient, they will get something better. Because the hadith indicates that. How true as always, therefore, were the words of our beloved messenger when he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Imam Ahmad in his Musnad Sahih Ibn Kathir's tafsir, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not decree anything for the believer except it is good for him. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not decree anything for the believer except it is good for him, i.e. whether he comprehends it or not. This is a Sahih Hadith. Now think about that. how comforting is that? If something happens to you, it was the decree of your Lord, it's good for you. Even though you might think it's horrific. Allah Ta'ala knows you do not. And a person goes, can you give me an example for my heart? Let's... So now why have I mentioned this lengthy clarification? Because the children of Khadija passed away according to the weak report in Imam Ahmad's Muslim. Maybe God knows best if the hadith is true they were going to become unbelievers. They may have caused grief to Khatija radiallahu So Allah took them away in you. But now one last thing before wrapping up. If the unbelievers' children die, the hadith which you've quoted in Imam Ahmad's Muslim said they go to the fire. This way is not correct. We know that. Why? Because it contradicts the Sahih hadith. Our beloved messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in Imam Ahmad's Musnad Sayyid Hadith, I asked my Lord for the children, and he gave them to me. So Rasulullah, Rahmatullil Alameen, the mercy to all the creation, he made a dua, Ya Allah, please, the children, i.e. of the unbelievers, I'm asking that you also give them to meaning, you let them go to paradise. And because of Rasulullah, Allah Ta'ala accepted so we believe that all children, whether they're from Muslims or from the unbelievers, they will go to paradise. So this is a Sahih Hadith. So can you reconcile the two reports? Yes. You can say maybe Rasulullah said those words before he knew the ultimate fate of the unbelieving children. So before his dua, their fate was to go to the fire. But when he made that dua, so you can say that was an early report. But you can simply say it's a weak report. The Sahih Hadith mentions that he made a dua, Allah Ta'ala gave him the children. But now, another ikhtilaf. The children of the unbelievers will go to paradise. But will they be enjoying the blessings of paradise? The answer is yes. However, in a Sahih Hadith in Tabarani, 
They will become the servants of the people of paradise. They will become the servants of the people of paradise. The Prophet said that. Said Allah, said that. So somebody goes, well, that's not, you know, they still, it's a chore for them. The answer is no. Because Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, mentions about the children of paradise, uh, the servants of paradise, sorry, that they are like guarded pearls. They're beautiful. And it's a joy for them. It's not a chore for them. They're in paradise. So they are enjoying the blessings of paradise. These are the unbelievers' children. But they will serve the people of paradise according to the Sayyid Hadith. So it's important to highlight all this when discussing this about the children of Khadija. So all I mentioned today was two things. I mentioned the blessed grandchildren of our beloved messenger and Khadija, and they were nine in number. Six from Fatima, one from uh, Zainab, and two from uh, Zainab. Uh, sorry, two from Zainab and one from Ruqayya. And then I mentioned, did Khatija have other children from her previous husbands? There's a report indicating that. And we discussed the, uh, how we look at that report. And then I mentioned the clarification with regards to children per se. They die before puberty. Do they go to paradise? Yes, they do. Whether they're believers or unbelievers, their parents, but the unbelieving children will serve the people of paradise. Are there any questions you'd like to ask?